welcome back to the strangest gig I've ever played. Tales from the studio and the stage. The podcast where we hear the true tales of all the strange, weird, wild, wacky, terrible, and or amazing gigs we get to take in order to make it as freelance and gigging musicians. On the podcast with me today is one Chris Holt. Chris Holt is a guitar player, sideman, frontman, cover band man. He does it all. He's a legend in Dallas. Can't wait to hear his stories. Stick around. All right. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's been a while. I apologize. I'm doing my best here, people. But I make this pledge to you. This is my goal this year to be more consistent with these podcasts. But you know, life gets in the way. I've got some more great guests lined up. So I hope you'll be patient with me and stick around. Check the podcast out whenever one gets dropped, as the kids say. I did want to mention that my lovely and beautifully talented wife, Carrie Norwood, released her debut single recently. This cover of the Irish folk song, Raglan Road. It is beautiful. Please go check it out on Spotify. Look her up, Carrie Norwood. It is a beautiful song, and I'm very proud of her. Please go check it out. On the podcast today, as I mentioned, is Chris Holt. Chris has played in a million bands around Dallas. I first heard about him when he played in one of my favorite Dallas bands, Sorta. But he was also in The Slack. He also did his solo projects, as well as the terrific Beatles tribute band, A Hard Night's Day. His most recent project is the great Dallas original soul band, Bastards of Soul whose lead singer Chadwick Murray, the powerhouse Chadwick Murray, tragically passed away recently. We uh, recorded this podcast the week of their most recent album, Corners, which just, which again just came out. It is amazing. Please go check it out. Look up Bastards of Soul on Spotify and uh, check out Chris's amazing work with them. He also found his way as a sideman for the great Don Henley in one of my favorite stories. It's the kind of stuff you read about and think doesn't actually happen, but it does happen. And he'll get into that story a little later in the podcast. He also currently plays with the great Max Weinberg, if you can believe it or not. In a gig that would stress me out to no end just based off the amount of material they have to know. You'll hear more about that as well. So let's get to it. So Chris Holt, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you. Let's start off. Let's just jump right in. Tell me about your current gig, kind of what you've got going on currently. Yeah, let's start there. Tell okay, me about your I've, current gig. I've got a bunch of them. What I've what I've done in my older <laughs> my my older age. Right. Do I have to say my age? You do uh, not. Is I I've just kind of settled into being a sideman. Yeah. Uh, primarily, and I, I I still like to be an artist, but I yeah. uh, have been a, a working guitar player and keyboard player for so long that now I just take those gigs. So. Uh, on the original front, the main thing I've been doing for the past five years is the Bastards of Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a record that came out literally a month before COVID. Yeah, our first record. Yeah, and then we made our second record mm-hmm. during COVID. Yeah, and then our vo- our lead vocalist, our frontman, tragically passed away. Yeah, right after chat. we finished the record, and so that that record actually comes out this Friday. Yeah, and uh, and so it's that's that's been really weird to kind of relive it all and we sure. have this 
beautiful record that we can't really go out and do anything with. You know, we don't have a, a replacement singer right. for him. Are there and, plans uh, for? Well, we're we're gonna do a show this coming weekend, uh, which is a benefit for his family. Yeah, and it's basically a listening party for the record. Great. And we are gonna play a set, but it's going to be different. It's gonna be yeah, kind of for sure. partially instrumental, and then I'm gonna sing a couple of the songs that I wrote for the record, and Chad Stockslager is gonna sing a couple of his. Mm. So we're gonna try to be as respectful as we yeah. can to the material but yeah we don't have any but no plans. like guest artists or we're we, we're gonna have one guest who comes okay. up at the very end to sing cool. uh, a song that's not on the record okay but, cool but beyond that we don't have any plans that's hard chadwick um, was such an he, I mean, the whole such band a powerhouse was, yeah. the whole band was built around him yeah like, like we started that band to feature to, him to yeah. prop him yeah. and be like dude this is gonna make you yeah. we, in our dreams we wanted it to make him famous and yeah. make us famous as, yeah as, as a band. Uh, so, I mean, I think that we still love being a band, yeah. but I don't know how or what we will do in the future. Yeah. We do have enough material in the archive that we will, um, we are planning to put out a third record with oh, Chadwick's great. vocals, uh, just of stuff that didn't make the first. Oh, two cool. So there is, there is enough That's that we great. can clean out the archive. Oh, I'm so happy about record. that. That's great. Um, but beyond that, well, you know, we'll just, time will tell. Yeah. And where did y'all record this? The second record? Uh, we, we did both records at Nile city okay. in Fort worth. Uh, and who produced Josh block. Okay. And yeah. then, and the, then city guy. Uh, the second record corners, which is coming out this weekend, uh, was co-produced by skin Wade who's mm -hmm. our manager who mm -hmm. runs the record label Eastwood yeah. records that we're on. And, uh, and then, uh, Joel Rafe, who's, uh, one of the engineers and producers out there at Niles, Niles. as well. Okay. So between block and skin and Joel yeah. and us, all of the strong headed individuals, sure. like myself in the well, band. Because we... <laughs> I mean, bastards of soul is, I mean, you're all songwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's the thing is it's like, you know, four songwriters yeah. in the band all. And you have all led your own bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bunch of alpha males. You know, it's, it's a little rough. So, so that's that's what I've been doing uh, on the original front, and then uh, on other gigs that I do. Just I, I'm a career musician, and all I do is play for a living. So I tour with Max Weinberg. Um, I've been doing a bunch of those. We're we're now back to touring again with, with COVID mostly out of the way. Uh, and Tony Kishman, who's a McCartney guy. And uh, I do that with him, and that's a cool gig because he he does his McCartney thing, and I know all the material, so all I have to do is just show up, fly to wherever the next gig is, and it's all backlined, and I just play guitar, bass, piano, uh, and sing. Cool. How'd you get hooked up with Max? Max called me because one of the guys that I play with in Tony's band, the guy, the McCartney guy I was just talking about, he has been playing with Max for 10 or 15 years now, and he called me one day and he said, hey, Max is looking for another guitar player singer who can handle this, this workload. And the thing about Max is you have to know 300 plus songs and there's never a set list. The way Max does it is he takes requests from the audience and there's a master list that scrolls on a video screen behind the band. Oh, wow. So during the show, people look at the list that's scrolling yeah. and they'd say, oh, well, we want to hear American Girl by Tom Petty or we want to hear You Really Got Me by The Kinks or Zeppelin or The Beatles or whatever Only it is. somebody who came up with Bruce Springsteen would, would need to do that. And there's always a there's I mean, always, yeah. you have to know every Springsteen song. Oh, ever. for sure. Uh, so my friend John Marjavi, who's the other guitar player, called me one day about three or four years ago and said, hey, you know, I do this thing with Max. 
I'm going to send you the master list, and I want you to tell me how many of these songs you already know. And so I looked at it, and I and I kind of fudged it a little bit. I said, nah, I know, I know 85% of them, which <laughs> which is pretty yeah. close. I probably knew 75% yeah. of them from heart by heart. And uh, and then he said, okay, we'll learn the other 15%, and you're 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 in. And uh, so I did that, and uh, it's a fun gig, but man, it's uh, it's anxiety ridden. Oh, I bet because you never know what's coming next. So do you? You, you don't play with charts or a book or anything? We can play with charts. We're allowed to use charts. Okay. Yeah, and and I don't really need the charts for the songs so much. What I need are lyrics because okay. I sing because you're lot. singing some. Okay, yeah, oh, I sing a lot of them, and and on any given night, I might sing seventy percent of the songs, yeah. or it might be Glenn, the bass player, who sings. Yeah, you know, it's like because you never know what's coming. Sure, you might you might have a clue like, okay, we're definitely going to play Thunder Road because. The Springsteen fans always want to hear that, or you know, and there's some songs that get called more than others, but there's tons of deep cuts and and other things that, and you got to know every Beatles song on earth, which I do, but you know, it's 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 hard when you're like you kind of look across the stage and go, okay, you sing the you sing the high harmony and I'll take the guitar solo and then yeah, you know, y'all are figuring that out before yeah, Max and I it mean, it, if it's the same group of guys and yeah. we've done it before, then a lot of times we just know what we're gonna do. But some songs will get called that we've never played. You know, they'll call because what Max used to do in that gig was he would go out into the audience with a wireless mic and walk around. I mean, he's real comfortable with his fan base. So he yeah. would just walk out. What do you want to hear? Yeah. What do you want to hear? And then he would call them to us and then we'd kind of talk and go, okay, I'll play rhythm and sing and you take the guitar solo. Yeah. And people are trying to stump y'all, I'm sure. All the time. But, and they'll ask for stuff that's not even on the list. And sometimes Max will go, yeah, we can do that, right, guys? And we go, come on. But uh, when COVID happened, and then we came back from COVID, he didn't want to go out in the audience anymore. So what he started doing was just putting index cards near every seat. And then, you know, they pass around a hat. And then, okay. so, that's you cool, know, yeah. he, he can control it a little bit more that way if he wants right. to. Because he, he can look, look at it and go, he can look at an index that. card and go, oh, it says Thunder Road. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we know that one. But, but no, it's it's a it's a great fun gig. Uh, but it you know it keeps you on your toes. Oh, for sure. So I, I do a lot of that these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so between that and other local projects, I've got a hundred other little things yeah, that I absolutely. do around town when I'm in town. And then tell me about uh, you played or maybe I may still play when he's playing with Don Henley. Yes, that's been uh, that's been going for about the last ten years or so. And how'd and, you get that gig? Man, it was crazy. It was do uh, you. you Salim Narala, you know mm -hmm. Salim? Yeah, I've met Salim. Uh, producer here in town. He called me one day about 10 years ago and said, hey, would you have any interest in teaching Don Henley's kid guitar? Because I knew Don lived in town. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody knows, you know, Don's a right. Texas boy. And I said, well, sure, give him my number. And so, you know, calls the next day. You know, hey, Chris, it's Don Henley. And I'm like, <laughs> So long story short, I wound up going over there to meet the kid. While I was over there at his house, he and Stan Lynch, I'm a huge Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers yeah. fan. So just the second I walk in and Stan Lynch is standing there, Stan I'm like, Lynch, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, they're working on a song in the studio and Don kind of invites me back and says, hey, you want to crack at this guitar solo? I mean, I'm just like, I'm like, you're talking to me? And, and so literally yeah. on the spot, wow. he asks me if I want to track this guitar solo that wound up being on his record. That's awesome. And it turned into three days in the studio with him. And over the course of the next couple years, he would just call me from mm -hmm. time to time. I was teaching this kid. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of came and went, you know, yeah. like that wasn't something that was happening nonstop. But Don kept calling. He would say, hey, a friend of mine passed away and the family has asked me to sing at the service. It's in East Texas. You want to go down there and sing with me? And, yeah. and I needed an accompanist. 
okay. And then there was, it, it all kind of culminated with, uh, oh, and, and one thing that was crazy is the album I put out, my so, my last solo album called Stargazers, uh, which is- we're, Great album, you, by the we, way. Thank you. We are we on, on the same label, yeah, yeah, label yeah. mates. Uh, he sang on it. Like, he told me at one point, because I had done some favors for him, he, he said, well, hey, if you want me to sing on your record, you just let me know. And I oh, thought he was kidding. But then he reminded me of it and said, hey, seriously, let me know when you're next in the studio if there's a song. And I was like, oh, my God. So he came in and did a, a duet with me That's on this. Awesome. Where'd y'all do it at? Uh, at a place called Tomcast here in Dallas yeah, yeah. Uh, with Paul Williams mm -hmm. uh, producing. And uh, and and it was amazing that that Don did that for me. And I, I thought surely that was, that was the it. end of yeah. it. But then a few months later, he called me and asked me to do a gig in Vegas with his full band. Um subbing for a guitar player named Pete Thorne, this guy who's a legend. Yeah. I mean, dude, oh, Pete yeah. Thorne's. <laughs> and uh, what I didn't know was that Pete had gotten himself into a situation where he was kind of double booked. He he was touring with a Japanese artist, and he had a tour of Japan scheduled for that summer. And you just can't say no to Don. And so when Don has something comes up, and Pete says, oh, sorry, I'm going to be in Japan, Don called me and said, would you be able to come to vegas and play guitar was it and a one one off or is it like it a residency was, i thought it was supposed to be a one-off okay but but what i found out later was that it was an audition uh, okay since I, basically the way i tell it is there are a million guitar players that could have done that job but the ball crossed the plate i swung real hard and yeah and and then the next thing you know i was in la shooting a video with dolly parton That's great and and you know and then i'm like what is going on and he asked me to join the band full time that's and, great uh that's that was in 2014 i guess and i've been with them ever since it, it went really well for a long time up until about 2018 ish when the eagles reformed yeah <laughs> uh and when when the eagles came back with glenn fry's son mm -hmm. and vince gill mm -hmm. Then that just kind of took all of his time away. Yeah, like the Eagles, you can't. He can't say no to the Eagles. Sure. It's, it's just. It's a machine. It is a huge machine. Yeah, and even though I could play the whole Eagles catalog in that show, they have five other guitar players. Right. <laughs> They've got Stewart and Joe and Vince and Deacon yeah. now. You know, and and so uh, I just kind of wait until Don's ready to do more solo, solo stuff. stuff yeah. So the, the last time we did a full band show was right before COVID in 2020. And Do you think he has did... plans for another solo album? Well, we've talked about it a little yeah. bit. We did a thing together last year uh, for Matthew McConaughey's uh, mm -hmm. virtual benefit thing. Cool, we did yeah. a song, and Milo Deering and Don yeah, and yeah. I did it mm -hmm. together. And we were playing around with some bluegrass arrangements, and Don was really saying that he was kind of digging it. Yeah, interested in doing a bluegrass record, and we were talking about doing it in Dallas. And uh, but then they booked a bunch more Eagle dates. Yeah. <laughs> So it, well, it kind of it's just kind of on hold, and really, Don can do whatever he wants at this point. So, yeah, uh, but but technically, I'm still in the band, and the band yeah. is still on call if he decides he wants to do something. That's great. I mean, the way it's been for the past few years, it's we you know we'll do four or five, six gigs a year, mm -hmm. um, and they always end up being these really cool, Absolutely. surreal gigs. That's um, great. And of course, COVID kind of screwed all of that up. But, yeah, um, but so, you know, for for three or so four years we were touring the world yeah going all over and that was just uh you know the dream so tell me what it was like um because you you've done like cover band things yeah. you've done the beatles thing yeah. you've done what was it like to step up and you're playing boys of summer and you look over 
and that's Don Henley, and you think to yourself, I'm not in a cover band. I'm in the yeah. band. That that's that that was the most surreal thing. I think that the 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 Vegas, the first gig in Vegas was the one where it was and 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 it's not even the weirdest one like i mean i i was i i kind of made notes i was like i can tell you some crazy <laughs> stories uh, especially you know the 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 way i look at my career you break it up into two things mm -hmm. there's all the touring i did at the bottom of the barrel with the absolute weirdest yeah. worst gigs you could possibly <laughs> imagine stuffed into a van with seven other people yeah. you know yeah <laughs> uh, not you know sleeping on couches but then there's also there's the polar opposite of that, which is mm -hmm. the the what I call the top of the mountain, which was Don and playing with Ringo and mm -hmm. playing with James Taylor and playing with Joe Walsh and the Doobies and all this stuff that has happened kind of through the Don Henley connection. And uh and those stories are equally surreal. They're they're maybe not they're not bad. They're just yeah. they're just on a whole other level that it's hard for somebody like me to process because I'm a pretty normal dude. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so whenever I was doing that first gig with him and we were doing boys of summer and hotel California. Mm -hmm. Like dude, the very first time I had to play hotel California and play the that Stuart lit. Smith and I were yeah. doing the guitar solo duels. I was freaking out the entire time. I'm standing there going, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Like literally every single lick has to be perfect. Yeah. Or every person Everyone in this arena is going to know mm -hmm. that I screwed up the, the, <laughs> the iconic solo. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so those are the moments where you really have to, you have to have it together. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it is surreal. Yeah. Because you're looking around thinking, wow, all these songs, one after the other, Dirty Laundry, one of these nights, Hotel California. Massive hits. Yeah. yeah. The long run. Like every one of them. And it's your, the whole show. And you're just thinking, geez, this guy has 50 years now. His, his life has been this. Yeah. And, you know. That's those crazy. Of, those of us who are fledgling songwriters, <laughs> we we want just that one, oh, that just one taste. song to cross over yeah. into you know, you know. But his have moved beyond hits to just oh, they're part, part of the, of the American of the lexicon, human, yeah, the fabric of humanity. I mean, yeah, we went down to New Zealand and did a gig in. Uh, oh no, it was it was when we were in Brisbane, Australia. Mm -hmm. It's down in that part, but yeah. Uh, there was this bartender. We were, we had a night off. Mm -hmm. and it was the night before we were playing at the Enormo Dome across the street or yeah. whatever it was. And and there were like three of us from the band that were just sitting at the bar. And we're all just pretty normal looking dudes. Yeah. You know? And the bartender's this young, she's like 21, gorgeous. And she's just like, well, what do you guys do? Who do you, <laughs> oh, we're musicians. Oh, well, who do you play with, Don Henley? Oh, I never heard of him. <laughs> okay. Well, well, where are you guys playing? <laughs> Thing across the street the she's like dome. you're playing there and we're like yeah and she's like well who is he we said don henley he said, well what's a song he sung and we went hotel california and she goes oh my God, that's my favorite song like <laughs> yeah well, that's the guy that's the guy okay <laughs> you know it's it's worldwide you know oh, it's for global sure. so that's even though you some people don't know him by name they, they know, know the, the songs. songs yeah and so that's uh now that that's been an amazing experience just getting to to do that and to to realize you're like wow it's not i'm not playing in a tribute band i'm playing with the, the dude band who wrote this song I'm yeah playing with the dude who sang it originally yeah and you know don he's not real fond of the tribute bands like, i'm sure you know, i mean he doesn't but but i mean he could just kind of laughs about it he's like yeah you know like he's he's not real interested. There's always like some tribute artist who wants. Oh, can you introduce me to Don? I want him to see my band. I'm like, dude, Don I doesn't want to yeah. see your band. I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to give Don your number. So. <laughs> he had high aspirations that Don Henley is going to come check him out in his Thursday night gig. <laughs> right, wherever. right. But, you know, there, I, do, I, I did have a lot of people come out of the woodwork, you know, when all of it, when all of it started happening. They're like, oh, I've always wanted to meet Don. Or, oh, uh, do you think you could get us tickets? I, <laughs> people that I hadn't talked to oh, in 20 for sure, years yeah. asking me for tickets. Yeah, all of a sudden they're popping up wanting to be on the guest list. So tell me now about, uh, let's have some fun and, and let's talk about some of the weirdest, strangest gigs we've ever done. Okay. And when I say strange, I don't necessarily, and you said it before, I don't necessarily mean bad. Yeah. It's just those gigs where you, you look up and you're like, how did I get here? What's, this is crazy. Well, I, there, there's one, uh, you know, I mean, and I, I could talk about like when I played with Ringo, because mm -hmm. that, that to me is, that's like the pinnacle of everything. Yeah. I, I think when, when we did, we did a a show in Tacoma, Washington at the T Tacoma dome there. And, uh, it was for Joe Walsh's vets aid. And, you know, we were the house band for the entire show. We played our set with Don. We backed James Taylor for his whole wow. set. We backed Joe Walsh for his whole set. Yeah. And then Joe's brother-in-law is Ringo. Yeah. And so for the encore, Ringo comes out and does with a little help from my friends wow. with us there. And nobody really knew the vocal part or harmony part, except me. <laughs> so, I was told by our MD, Will, he said, Chris, you sing the harmony. Yeah. And, and so I literally got to do the Lennon accompaniment, the call and response yeah. thing in the bridge. And like on the videos, like my voice is real prominent. And then I got to trade guitar solos with Joe on it. Yeah. Which was so that was one of the most I mean, to me, that was like that was the pinnacle of everything. But yeah. but not the weirdest stuff. Uh, there was one time th this is actually a, a wild story. A this was in like 2017, like the summer of 2017. Um, and keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you about all the times where like, it was like puppet show and spinal tap. You know? like, <laughs> like yeah. I could tell you about the time where we played a gig and the featured act was a chicken <laughs> taking a dump on a bingo card. And people were cheering more for that than they were for the band. <laughs> I could tell you those stories, but, but this one is a good one. So we were, we were, it was in the summer of 2017, I think. And, uh, we had a gig in the Hollywood Hills with Don mm -hmm. and we were going to play with Jackson Brown. Yeah. So Jackson was going to do his kind of brief opening set. And then we were going to do the set with Don. They were going to sing, take it easy together. And so there were lots of cool things that were happening there. And when we were riding over, uh, to the gig, we were getting kind of all these updates at the last second. It was like, oh, Jackson wants to do this song or Jackson wants to do that song. And we're going to, we're only going to have an hour because Bill Murray's going to do a set. And we were, I was like, wait, wait, what? What kind of a set? Yeah. Like, and, and, and it was <laughs> like, like a, well, apparently he's doing like a spoken word thing or something. Like, uh, okay. What? Okay. So, so we get there and it's in the middle of the summer in LA. Hollywood Hills, blazing sun, yeah. this gigantic mansion on a hill. I don't even, I can't even remember whose house it was. But anyway, this this was a celeb-studded event. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you looked, it was it like, oh, there's Ted LA. dancing. Yeah, oh, it sounds very L.A. It was crazy, totally surreal. But 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 before all the, the people arrived, we were doing our sound check, and, and we're working on songs with Jackson. One of my great memories of it is that, 
he asked us, he said, hey, can you guys do Rock Me on the Water? Uh-huh. And everybody kind of looked around and went, well, you didn't tell us to learn that one. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know it. And so Jackson's sitting at the piano kind of singing, and, oh, people look around you. And I'm sitting there playing on guitar, and, and I'm rock me on the water. I'm singing the harmony with him. And we're just kind of going at it. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there doing Great. rock me on the water with Jackson Brown. And then after a couple minutes, he kind of was like, okay, you guys don't know that one? He's oh. the only one who knows that one? <laughs> oh, Got no. a point to me? Okay, cool. Well, anyway, so while this is all happening, we're, it's, there's no cover. It's an outdoor stage. We're sweating. I yeah. mean, everybody, it's Ugh. just the sun is beating down on us. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking and I can't even, I'm looking at my pedal board and I can't even see the lights, you know? And yeah. I'm like, man, I don't even know, you know, you I know only know on. if yeah. something's on. Like, I can't even tune my guitar because I can't <laughs> see. And then uh, out of nowhere, this umbrella just kind of appears in my sight line. And I'm like, I look up and Bill Murray is handing me an umbrella. <laughs> he I'm just like, appears out of the ether. And I'm like, Thanks, Mr. Murray. <laughs> Hands me an umbrella. So I'm standing there. And then he I look and he's and he's dressed with like he's got like a Hawaiian shirt on, shorts, just a little funny hat. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, it's like, what about Bob? You know? <laughs> and 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 then he's got a slew of umbrellas under each arm. And so he walks kind of over to the girls and he's like, hands them and he just kind of repeats it across the front of the stage. Doesn't say anything. And, and yeah, just handing everybody umbrellas. <laughs> and so we're all standing there with our umbrellas. And then when it comes time to play a song, we have to put them down. But then within between songs, we hold our umbrellas again. And, you know, I thought, well, that was just the strangest thing ever. That sounds like a scene out of a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> so then when soundcheck is finished and we're kind of getting ready to go back to our quarters on the other side of the compound, wherever those are, I'm walking down the stairs and Bill Murray steps right in front of me. Hey. And I'm like, hey. He goes, you mind if I look at your guitars? You've got a lot of them. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, this is my son. Uh-huh. And he introduces me to his adult son who's standing there. He's like, can he come to us? Of course. Sure, yeah. So I walk up there. My tech is standing there by my by my vault of guitars. I usually bring about a dozen electrics yeah. on the road, and then I have acoustics as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, we literally just go through the entire vault. And he picks one up. Can I hold this? Sure. Can I play it? <laughs> he strums a few chords on it. So I'm like, all these guitars... And, and and he wants and I tell him a story about each one. Oh, well, that's a Les Paul custom, and that's a and his favorite was my Blue Sparkle yeah. Duesenberg Star Player TV. Oh, yeah, and dude. he was like, "What's this one called?" I said, "It's called a Duesenberg." And he goes, "I thought that was a car." I was like, <laughs> it is a car. It but is. It's also a guitar. And and you know, so we we spent maybe fifteen minutes just talking and like talking about guitars. Yeah. And, and then wow. you know, and he shook my hand and was like, "It was great to meet you, Chris. I I really love your guitar collection. Hey, good. Have a great show." And I, I kept wanting to be like, what's your set going to be? Yeah. You know? Well, it turned out that it was, like we said, it was a spoken word performance okay. with a string quartet behind him. So no comedy? It was comedy, but it was yeah, like... but, but it, it was like a stand-up act. Yeah, but it was Weird. like, it was poetry. And it was the strangest thing. He did it for like, it was like a 20-minute set. Yeah. And then we did our thing with Jackson, and then we did uh, our set. The craziest thing. That this was, you know, the stage was low to the ground. This wasn't yeah. like a big high rise kind of deal. This was just in somebody's backyard. Yeah. So at the very end, you know, Bill Murray is literally seated front center, like like front row center the entire show. And he's talking to Don between songs and Don and Bill are riffing <laughs> like they, I guess they knew each other. Yeah. You know, because they're just kind of riffing with yeah. each other. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these other 
famous people. And I'm just like, this is the weirdest game I've ever played in my life. So sure enough, we finish with Hotel. Stuart and I doing the big solos at the end. We finish the song. I'm like, okay, I didn't screw it up. Thank God. Put my guitar down. And then everybody exits stage left. Yeah. And, you know, literally out the back gate into the bus and back to the hotel. Like we're not going to hang and and mingle at the party afterward. But I'm stage right. And Mm -hmm. I'm the last guy to walk off. So as I'm walking off the stage and just kind of waving goodbye, Bill comes right up onto the stage and just stands in my way and gives me a giant bear hug. <laughs> right in front of everybody, gives me a giant bear hug and says, Chris, you killed it. You <laughs> killed it. And he does the whole we're not worthy thing. And then I'm just like, dude, stop it. And 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 then wow. and, and then I walked back off and that was it. That was and that it. was it. And, and then that that was my Bill Murray moment. That was your and you know. I, I, that's I, a pretty even as far as Bill Murray moments go. I that's know, pretty epic. I know because yeah, you you hope that maybe someday you'll get that one moment where Bill Murray walks up and steals your French fries or yeah. something and walks off. But that was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Wow. And, you know, and I, I remember posting about. I posted the whole story on Facebook. So and I was like, yeah, that that actually that happened. Really happened. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know that you think I just woke up from a dream, but that really just happened. As someone who's, I mean, you've talked about it, you've played for chicken drops and you've played, <laughs> as you said, the top of the mountain. What would you say, uh, what would you say your dream gig is? Man. Okay. Well, uh, well, that this is a two part answer, but the, the, the short answer is McCartney. Come on. I yeah. want to play. I want to play with Sir Paul with the Paul. real Sir Paul. Yeah. That's my dream gig. But beyond that. Dude, I went and saw Jeff Tweedy this past weekend at the Majestic. Yeah. And I've seen him there twice now. Uh-huh. And I've, I think I've seen him solo four or five times over the past 30 years. And when Jeff tours solo, he just walks out with an acoustic guitar, no teleprompter, Mm-mm. no keyboards, no loop pedals, no pedal board of any kind. He didn't even plug in his guitar. He's got one mic on the guitar and one <laughs> mic for his vocal. And it's a sold out room. And man, you can hear a pin drop. And he just sings his songs. That's great. And to me, I think that's all I really ever wanted. I think all I really ever yeah. wanted was to be, not to be adored, but to, yeah. to be able to sing my own songs to an audience that will shut up and listen. A captivated I mean, dude, audience. I've done yeah. so many solo gigs over the years and I've fronted bands where I was the main, where I was the songwriter and the, in the front man. And it's just hard. It's hard yeah. to, to captivate an audience. It's hard to get an audience to shut up and listen. Uh, and you know, to buy your tickets. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to sell out a theater, yeah. you know? And I, I just think, Oh, Jeff Tweedy, he's been doing this for 30 years now, yeah, selling out every room he plays. Mm-hmm. And I know that some nights are harder than others. When I saw him at the majestic three years ago before COVID, there were some drunk hecklers that really got on his nerves and I oh. felt so bad for him. I was like, I can't believe that even <laughs> Jeff Tweedy has to deal with this. Shit, yeah. You know, and Henley, I've seen, I've seen people heckle Henley in the middle of his stories. And I'm like, you paid all this money I know. to come see this guy who's a legend and you're going to heckle him. Yeah. What is, I mean, what is wrong with people? Oh, man. But that's, that's really, I think beyond, I mean, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest musicians on the planet to have 
gotten to to have had the luck and success. I mean, it's it's a combination of luck and preparation. Absolutely, really. but, yeah. But but it is a tremendous amount of luck to have, uh, to have gotten what I've gotten out of this business, and the fact that I I'm almost fifty now and I can still play music as a full time job. That's, yeah, that's just great. the luckiest thing in the world. I mean, that's the dream is to be able to yeah. So, so, so I've lived the dream, uh, you know, at the bottom and at the top, yeah. you know, but, uh, really all I, I think I would ever want more than that would be to, to be able to play a theater and have a, a sold out audience of people that wanted to hear me sing my songs. Yeah. Cause I've got lots of them, but I just yeah. gotten to a point where I'm like, I, I I've become a bit apathetic about, I mean, I, I, one of the last conversations I had with Trey, well, uh-huh. it was the very last conversation. He was at my house just a few days beforehand. And, and I said, I'm going to make another solo album this year, dude. I promise. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got, I was like, I've got a hundred songs. I just need to get it together. And yeah. And I was like, and, and I need you to help motivate me. And that was, that was literally the last conversation yeah. we had. And so I want to do right by him and, uh, and, and really do right by myself by sticking to that and like yeah. actually, doing another record of, of original material that that is my dream gig still to this day yeah. someday i would love to be uh i don't know if i would call it successful enough but uh, but i guess it is a degree of success yeah. if you can do your own thing and have people really care well man chris i can't thank you enough for coming and, t- yeah, and telling the story it was a lot of fun yeah and uh, i hope they didn't go on too terribly long no it was the <laughs> perfect amount excellent perfect amount all the ones i wanted to hear awesome Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. There he goes. Thanks so much to Chris Holt for stopping by. Y'all, please go check out the Bastards of Souls latest album, Corners. It is phenomenal. Also, please check out Chris's criminally underrated album, solo album, Stargazer. Be sure to stick around and tune into the next podcast, which will hopefully not take two months to come out. Again, this is the Strangest Gig podcast, and I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. So until next time, if you find yourself playing support to a chicken drop, just remember, a gig's a gig, right? (laughs) 